Well, hey, well, cheers. Hey, cheers, bud. Okay. Welcome to Sippin' Mimos. I'm Elliot. And I'm Jake. And you're listening to the internet's premier citrus-based libation music <laughs> podcast where we discuss 90s yeah. electronic and rock music. Yeah, we do. We sure goddamn do. Jake, how you been, man? I've been good, you know. Um, summer is in full effect, you know. It sure um, is, yeah. Uh, just been working and uh, taking it easy. How about you, my friend? Oh, you know, same old, same old. <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, this summer has been just like a, a one of monuments uh, for Elliot yes. and I. Uh, yeah, you know, I shared I shared my good news uh, a couple weeks a couple weeks and episodes ago um, mm-hmm. about uh, uh, being uh, engaged now, and yeah, uh, my partner Elliot has some good news uh, he would like to share. He finally got. What is the word? Say it. What are we gonna say? Yeah. <laughs> For some, I knew you were gonna do that. Yeah, you got I got pubes. Yeah, it took me a while, but they're really growing now. Is that what he says? <laughs> you didn't tell him about the pubes. You didn't tell him about the pubes, did you? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, uh, we yeah. uh, the the Sip Mimos family. Yeah. Has, has grown by leaps and bounds since last time you heard us. And uh, yes. I'll, I'll yield the floor to my partner to tell us all about all right. it. I knew it was going to be a coy little dick about it. You know, when you, because, yeah, because of course, you know, because like I was teasing last week, you know, like, well, do you have news? Uh, I have news too this week. Um, and it, ha- it has, it's really kind of the summer of Sipper Nemo's, man. Because um, we're both going through big changes and big newses and big uh, celebrations. Um, I'm a dad. I have a daughter. Um, I think there's the Zoom clap. Yeah, I'm doing a Zoom clap right now for everyone. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, congratulations. A weeks, thank you, man. A couple weeks ago, um, uh, I had a kid, and everything is a little bit different now. Uh, it's like a, um, you know, uh, it's like it's like a, seeing a new color for the first time, or like, or like hearing a new. Um, or just being able to hear music in a different way or something like that. It's just like a, everything's just a little bit different. I've got a kid and she's lovely and uh, it's all quite new and terrifying, but joyous. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, 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 it's very scary and um, scary to talk about, but like, uh, um, but I am I'm quite happy and, and truly thrilled and proud. It's just, uh, it's this whole, like it's just a um, cavalcade of emotions and it's uh, difficult to put into words um uh the, the, listen, the listener can't see but like elliot might as well have like hearts in his eyes right now talking about oh come on talking about this baby i, I it's the sweetest thing ever listen baby uh yeah. you're crushing it man you're i've never seen you this happy and i and i and i was there uh with you opening night of avengers infinity war so <laughs> i thought you meant you were there for the conception i'm like well of course you were <laughs> <laughs> by the way we need, we need by the way we need to talk later because uh, i have some news no and i'm joking uh, uh, <laughs> yeah 
Sipping Bebo's. I did, I, did a, I did a little Avengers assembling uh, a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, it's, it's like such a mind-bendingly life-altering event. Um, I don't know. I just feel, uh, you know, I was telling Jake before we started recording, like, this great purpose and this mission. And like, uh, all I want to do is, uh, you know, take care of this kid and make it happy. And like, I don't know, introduce it to crystal method at the proper age where she'll enjoy it. And <laughs> I, was I was literally writing down a question. What electronic album would you introduce? <laughs> so would you, would you introduce, would you, would you introduce them to Vegas first? Um, that's, no, that's some hard stuff. That's like, that yeah. it took me like a year to build up to Vegas. That was, you know, I, I, mean, I might, <laughs> I might, I might just follow the Sip and Mimos method and, and follow the same album arc <laughs> that I'm taking good. you on. I like that. I'm taking you on a little adventure, baby boy, as <laughs> I will take my daughter on an adventure. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> our first couple episodes, you did, you did sit me on your knee while we, while we recorded and listened to yeah. the podcast. Uh, for all of like the first five episodes, Jake was swaddled. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, he looked. He looked so adorable. He's like a little baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> full beard. It was really cute. Uh, it's poking out of his swaddling. Uh, <laughs> sure yeah let's do it it's kind of like yeah this kind of like just let's do it kind of mentality we're like all right here we go and like this thing pops out and like and they're like uh and all this my preparation and it's like well you know women are prepared because they're carrying it for nine months and like then you know the father only realizes the weight of this when it pops out in front of him and i was like well that's offensive because i'm preparing right now and i'm working on it and i'm researching and i'm you know, emotionally preparing myself because I know myself and I'm, you know, not an easily emotionally prepared person. Um, and, but then uh, it came out and I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I see. Like, yeah. <laughs> like not like I wasn't like overwhelmed. I was perfectly whelmed, which is the rarest thing for me. Yeah. That's what it is. Perfectly whelmed. Like, got it. Got it. I, cause I looked this thing in the eyes. Its eyes are open. I'm like, oh, <gasps> half those eyes are mine and it's looking right at me and I go hello and it turns its head to me and I just picked it up I didn't know what to do so I just go um um and it goes ah and it looks at me and I'm like oh boy all right I'm gonna take care of you for the rest of your life oh. <laughs> and uh and it was just kind of like a deal I made with this new uh you know being that just took a, you know, reality elevator out of this woman and uh, into this world. Um, so it's, it's way too much. Uh, so I was in there for the entire time and, um, and I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shores of Orion. Um, <laughs> this shouldn't be allowed to happen, one. Um, <laughs> people having babies should not be allowed to happen. It's impossible. The human body should not be, should not be allowed to do these things. Um, it's impossible and it, but it happens. It's impossible, but it happens. And I believe in the impossible now because I saw, um, I don't know, a watermelon fit through a stir straw and the watermelon opened its eyes and looked at me 
and I said hello, and it said hey back. It was it's the craziest fucking shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, uh, it's just, it's just crazy that this happens, and this is how we do things. This is how we've always done things, pretty much as a species our species should not exist at all this should not be able to happen so much can go wrong even in like you're you're prepared for everything but so much can go wrong there's so many avenues and tributaries that work if this if this happens then this and this happens in that and then this and then that and then this like um it's it is it's a well i guess it's a miracle <laughs> i guess that's why they call it that um doesn't make any sense at all um um, but, but yeah, there it is. Uh, so, and here we are, and here I am as a whole new different Elliot. Um, I still like nineties electronica. I, I still like, you know, um, you know, d- doing our show and sipping on a mimosa, but, uh, I'm just a little bit different now and it's a weird, weird feeling. You're like, uh, yeah. Elliot, like Mach three kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, um, you know, when Stark gets the nanotech and it's just there on him all the time. The little, you know, he's got the little thing on his chest, even though he had already thrown it into the ocean in Iron Man 3, but he just has, he's like, and he's like, no, Pepper, it's just like a thing. It's like a holster for a suit because I need it. And he just taps on it and it's there. That's, that's my daughter just resting on my chest when I'm burping her and stuff at night. Oh. <laughs> I just made that up. Oh boy. Okay. See ya. <laughs> okay. Must be- that's beautiful, man. I I, ha- I haven't I haven't met her uh, met her yet, but I know I'm just I'm just cannot wait. And is the I know with having you as a dad and me as a fun uncle type uh, force in her life, uh, definitely gonna ha- definitely gonna be well rounded as far as '90s and '90s electronica and. Right, he's gonna be like, we're 2020. She's gonna be like 2030. Like, her, <laughs> like she's gonna be in school, and like students are gonna be like, oh my god, like JoJo Siwa is you know gonna be here, and she's just like, um, Eve six, what you know, like that's you know, that's what's I can, I can just be now. It's, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, well, oh, let me tell you, let me tell you what's wrong with Ray of Light, actually. Oh no! Oh boy. <laughs> I, I heard a lot of Ray of Light sounds in today's album, by the way. Anyways, we'll get to that. But um, but uh, but I do love I love you as Uncle Jake. I love that, and uh, that would be an absolute honor, man. I can't wait for you to meet her. And uh, I, I I do know this. I know that um, my daughter enjoys the sound of guitar. So, oh. so if you wanted to, well, it, we'll bring it, her it to one be, of your shows. Sometime. It would be my honor to play guitar for for your baby. We'll make that happen. Yeah, the little drummer boy, but the little strummer boy. I just thought of that. Oh my Whoa. god! I'm right. Little strummer boy TM. There. Yeah, because you you wouldn't be one of the three wise men. That's for damn sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm gonna show up with frankincense and myrrh. No way, man. <laughs> so gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What's myrrh again? I always get frankincense and myrrh mixed up. I know one of them just like, I know one of them is. Frankincense like, is incense. Incense, right? yeah. Like stuff it's fancy burn. incense, yeah. And frankincense. Got, well, frankincense, I've got, I've got incense burning right now. But myrrh is like, is oh, that just this? Frankincense is the. Uh, Am I wrong? Is frankincense not in just incense? 
you know what? It's in the name. I'm so sipping Mimos. <laughs> Wait, I'll put, no, okay. <laughs> we'll, cut the, we'll, cut, we'll clip around this. What's Mer then? Does it Mer? You know what? It's, I'm not going to be able to talk about Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to, to give the artist attention. Until we get to the bottom of what Mer is. What is Mer? Oh, M Y R R H. I would not have gotten that. Oh, okay. What does it say it is? Let's see. Myrrh is a gum resin extracted from a small thorny tree species of the genus Comifora. Um, myrrh is used for indigestion, ulcers, colds. So it's like a medicine almost. Oh, it's like it's like a baby ointment. Okay, so maybe I would come with some golden myrrh. Okay, so I got like some some baby powder and some I like a Rolex. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I'll bring the nog champa, and then we'll make a whole thing. I love that. Anyways, my 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 child is the new Christ. That's why it's essentially what we're getting to. Which long way around. <laughs> uh, we, we're we're doing like a whole like Holy Spirit thing, sipping mimos. Yeah. yeah, we really are. Yeah. But no, I'm the man. father. You're the son, and the Holy Ghost is uh, our listeners. Yes. <laughs> Always with us. You know? mm-hmm. uh, but no, man, I'm just uh, so beyond happy for you and and for for your new baby. And like I said, I cannot wait to meet her. And yes, absolutely. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a blast. So congratulations. Thanks. It's 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 uh, it's been it's been wild. And uh, you know, I'm on an adventure, and I'm gonna continue to be on that for. You know, I don't know, the rest of my life. And I am kind of excited about it. So it's all great. It's all beautiful, beautiful news. It's great. Love that, man. But uh, so while you've, uh, while, while, while you've been taking care of, uh, of, of, of the baby, have you had a chance to catch any new shows or movies? Anything good? Uh, I'm caught up on Loki. Have you been watching Loki? Mm. So excited. I love it. Yeah, yeah, you're into it. Oh, very much. Like, I think I've, I don't know if we talked about it for the pod before, maybe. Um, but I grew up a huge Thor fan, um, primarily yeah. because of um, Vincent D'Onofrio's performance in uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Did you ever see that one with Elizabeth Shue? Wait. Oh, oh, whoa. That's okay. That's a hop, skip, and a jump. Oh, that was Vincent D'Onofrio. Holy shit. Like, really? Okay, so in, in the in the in the great is it isn't it John Hughes? I don't think it's John Hughes. Is it him under a pen name because he didn't want his name attached to it because it was a little lewd? Let's see, Adventures in Babysitting. What? That's, that's fucking crazy. Um, it's, it's on- Chris Columbus. Oh, okay. So Home Alone. Yeah, but also produced by John Hughes. Correct? Isn't isn't Home Alone produced by John Hughes? Is he home? I, home Alone. I think Home Alone was written by John Hughes. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. There's some John Hughes connection there. No, if it's if it's just Columbus, then maybe that's it. But I don't know. It looks like so. I'm just babysitting. Mm-hmm. Let me see. I don't see John Hughes attached to this one. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I, you know, you would think so. I mean, because it's '80s. It takes place in Chicago. Like that was like his like kingdom. Yeah. Um, it was his uh, um, Johnny Hughes verse, yeah. The MC Hughes, MC Hughes. Oh my god, that's funny! 
<laughs> I forgot, but you know, it's a great movie. Elizabeth Shue is amazing in it. And I forgot that it's Vincent D'Onofrio that plays the guy at the mechanic shop who the little girl thinks is Thor. But it's like a very young... Is it before Full Metal Jacket? I believe... I think Full Metal Jacket was 88, I think. Okay. When did Babysitting come out? 87. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Because he's like shredded in Adventures in Babysitting. And then he's like the big guy in Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. I'm oh, not, I'm Full not, Metal I'm... Jacket's the same year. How is that even... Was he Christian Bailing before Christian Bale? Christian Bale? I think I think Christian Bailing is D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. <laughs> Christian Bale is Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow, how cool is that? And then, um, and then it's also two decades before he plays the Kingpin to much acclaim. Yeah, dude, I actually I actually started a rewatch of The Punisher with John Bernthal. Funny bring funny even King, Kingpin up. Dude, I started watching the Punisher show and I heard it's great with Bernthal and all that, uh, or Barenthal, or however how we say it. Um, I couldn't, it's like, it's just so damn dark. I don't know. It's, it's, it's rough. Uh, it, like, especially like, because you know, like when you're younger and you think like, like, got, you think like superheroes, like you watch like Thomas Jane's Punisher in like 04. And you're just like, oh yeah, you know, bad guys, you know, like it's John Travolta and he's like playing the kind of playing the villain kind of cartoony. Yeah. yeah. But then like you realize like, oh, the the character of the, the character of the Punisher is like actually like a deeply like disturbed, you know, person who is going through so much and processing this like grief that like when you see the way like uh Bernthal plays it, you're just like, oh, like that's that's not I that's something that's something you're like yeah i want to be the punisher that's because it's kind of like a like a really really scary character yeah and like um i don't know it's gonna be a while before i can like handle shit like that especially because like the whole idea is he's avenging his family who was like murder and stuff so i I can't (laughs) yeah i don't know i'm a little it's a little fresh for me as an idea and um and uh i like some of the like the phrasing he used on Bernthal used on like uh, on Daredevil, like talking about seeing his daughter die. I'm like, okay, never gonna be able to watch that ever again in my entire life. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, no, I it, and it's it's like really it really is a really dark show and it's very very violent and there's not anything like cartoony or like colorful. That's a very like grim like world that he's in but at the same time like that's the that's the world the the punisher lives in you know and that's why like i remember reading like comic books yeah when people will talk about the like when like spider-man and captain america or other heroes they talk about the punisher like he's like looked down upon they're like we can't involve him you know because he's like he's a he's a he's a killer you know like yeah he's a little fringe and like he's like legit a uh you know um vigilante kind of thing thank you yes he's like legit a vigilante which is illegal for a reason uh, and all that like um ooh, ooh, ooh. our dj name which would just be you djing and me doing like the my my boss tones dancing guy legit vigilantes legit the what the vigilant the legit the, the, the vigilantes <laughs> one more time the jiggy vigilante the legit vigilantes legit vigilantes we can talk about this later okay <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I love that. Oh, wait, wait, so this started because you watched Adventures of Babysitting? How did we get here? Oh, Loki, sorry. Oh, Loki. Oh, you've um, always no. liked Loki because you like Loki because you've always liked Thor because of Adventures of Babysitting, yeah. where Lower is um, at least adjacently related to. Yeah, and I, I just always thought Thor was cool. I, uh, growing up, I was always really into like Norse mythology. Um, I would check out books uh, from, from my school's library about it. Um, and uh, which shout out to Miss Packard uh, for keeping a very like diverse uh, library uh, back in the day. What um, up, Miss Packard? Miss Packard, the best. Miss um, Packs. But um, I would, I was just, I was obsessed. And then like, I thought, and I saw like, Thor, who is a, a Norse god, and here he is, and here he is in these like books with these like vivid pictures where he's fighting like monsters and you know evil, and then here he is in a comic book with the flowing red cape and a silver hat with wings on it. And I yeah, I I probably should not admit this like because it's kind of super embarrassing, but like I made no. as as a kid I made more than one Thor helmet out of tin foil. Oh, that's awesome. Do you, have, do you have pictures of them? Yes, somewhere. Dude, uh, okay. Can we gram them? Come on, we have to. Definitely got to gram them. I, I also made a Captain America shield out of like a tin trash can lid. Wow. So whenever like I'm at Target and I see like the plastic shields there for sale, I'm just like, talk to me 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> well, the first thing Cap picks up in Captain America 1, the first Avenger, is a, is a trash can lid. Yeah. When he's were you were you like oh it was me yeah that was I, I I saw that and I was just like wait a minute <laughs> is this movie made just for me <laughs> well I was a little kid too was no um but no and um so I Loki I just I I mean Tom Hiddleston crushing it like yeah yeah he's great um Owen Owen Wilson like come on he's so it's so good. To, I haven't seen Owen Wilson like in just like a. I haven't. I actually haven't seen him in a lot of things recently. Uh, so it's yeah. just so good to see him on screen, just like having fun. Oh, I love it. What are your yeah. Like, when when look, it's like I'll burn. I will burn this place down. It's like great. You could start with my office. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Loki. Wow. Um, wow. So you're gonna come? I, that's all. That's like the extent <laughs> of my, my Owen Wilson. <laughs> My my Logan's like, and then we shall crash this wedding. I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a great. We will sleep with the bridesmaids. <laughs> Dude, I, I I heard I read somewhere they're doing a wedding crashers too. Actually, I've heard about that. I don't know. We'll see. I would I would totally be there. Um, I don't know if the world's ready for that kind of nonsense right now. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking uh, about. Right. But no, I. I think it's great. And I love, cause you know, like leading up to this like new phase, all we all we've been hearing is the multiverse, the multiverse, you know, like right. Multiverse madness. Yeah. Um, and then spoiler. Well, yeah, go ahead. Spoilers for episode three. We actually kind of see how the birth of it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a cool theory where, um, and I'll send you a link to this picture where it's like when, when um, I guess it's, is it, are we calling her Sylvia now? Yeah. We can call her that. Okay. Lady Loki or whatever the hell. Enchanted. The other Loki. And also in just perhaps, I don't know. I think there's different, I don't know. But she like launches this multiverse of fraction, fractal, fractures. Um, I saw a cool idea where like all the different branches in the timeline, um, one of them is Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. 
Tom Jane Punisher, Nick Cage Ghost Rider. Uh, like, wow. I don't know, and like uh, all these different, like, oh my God, they could do that. Like Venom, like all the, like uh, Blade, like Wesley Sam's Blade. Like, what if they did that? Like, that's kind of a cool way to like buy all their properties back. And like, these are kind of now canon in the multiverse. Now, I don't like that because I like my MCU nice and nice and toit, like a dolphin's anus. Um, nice. It's from Airheads way back in there. Uh, watertight. Uh, <laughs> um, is, that, but, is that Steve Buscemi? Is that Adam Sandler? I, I forget. <laughs> you, know, you know what I forget is that movie? Michael McKean. He plays like the, yeah. the, the douchey dishoggy. Yeah, or he's the, the 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 owner of the record uh, or the radio station, really. And Judd Nelson is totally in it as like a record exec, a record a record. That exec. movie rules, dude. Dude, Airheads, it's it's time. It deserves a rewatch. It's dude, let's rewatch for Airheads, man. Oh my god. We need we need to get we, we need to bring Brandon Fraser onto the podcast. I think we're gonna. We're, I think we're on the um, verge of a Fraser Azans. I think it's gonna happen. I, I think I'm, it's gonna come back. I'm here for it. I mean, I am too. <laughs> like, I, I'm so here for it. But I, I, I love that idea. I mean, that to, to branch and and bring them, bring them all in because like you, it kind of like lets those movies be their own thing, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it lets, uh, but it doesn't. You could still have that that MCU timeline. Yeah, that, that we've lived in for as the uh, what do they call it? Like, we could consider the MCU timeline the the um the uh. Prime. They call it prime time or ultimate timeline or sacred. I think they call it sacred timeline. So if, if we keep, that's all. I'm all, all I'm really asking for is to keep the MCU sacred. I didn't. I didn't. I. I'm like might be the only person that kind of winced at uh, J.K. Simmons uh, coming back as uh, J. Jonah Jameson because I'm like, well, no, you can't because this is our MCU. It's sacred, but if you do something cool like that, I'm into that. And also, like, who else would you hire for that fucking role? He's so brilliant. I, I'm trying to think of a whiplash pun with uh, <laughs> with Spider Man, but like, I can't. I, uh, but yeah, I just it just wasn't my tempo when they brought him back. That's it. That's oh, true. there That's it is. It. Cheer, hey, you nailed it. Cheers, Sipping me, Sipping me, uh, have you seen anything besides Loki? Have you heard anything new? What's up? What's up? What's up with you, man? You've been alright. You been well? Yeah, um, been reading a lot about. I, I one of my goals for the summer because you know I, I read so much about heavy metal history and stuff like heavy metal music history, um, and in San Antonio. But I grew up listening to a ton. You would never guess it. But I grew up listening to a ton of like punk rock, uh, like mainly like the. <laughs> the old the 75 to about 85 and then of course when you know blink Wayne 2 came um mm-hmm. but i always have you know always truly loved um punk rock music and so i one of my goals Wait. for the summer was to read yeah. uh read some books on uh like the punk movement um so right now i'm reading and i want to make sure i totally just drew a blank but i want to get the author's name right um, right now, I'm reading England's Dreaming by John Savage, which is pretty much the history of um, pretty much the history of the English punk rock mu- movement. 
um and it starts off from like the very very beginnings like where like where it even talks about how where the um the theory of like anarchism came from which yeah was famously uh promoted by the sex pistols i think the whole book might be leading up to the sex pistols because i mean when it comes to like english punk i mean sure the clash but i mean i, I was just gonna ask like where did clash fall along in a timeline there I think I think the, the Clash uh, and Joe uh, Joe Strummer Joe Strummer specifically was inspired by the Sex Pistols. Mm. Um, okay, so they came along later. Yeah, th- I think they both dropped albums in the same year, like first albums. But was Blood and Calling like '87 or some shit? I think that came earlier in the '80s. I want to say that's like 1980, uh, 19, 1979. Okay, I was so, but it's so cool how like I-, I love tracing back musical genres like okay what came from, like the chicken and the egg thing you know yeah of course yeah like it's a real uh you know sacred timeline of things and things branch off <laughs> you know uh, it really is isn't it? blade had no blade blade never crawls um blade just <laughs> blade just flew high the entire time because there's uh, I just I've always loved late. So okay, the X Men trilogy oh, yeah. had to crawl so Spider Man could walk, so the MCU could run. Um, okay, I don't have time to debate that. Sure. <laughs> if you want to go way back to that, like that '90s or like <laughs> the Lou Ferrigno Hulk, maybe they yeah. maybe that is crawling. <laughs> uh, that yeah, I would consider that crawling, and like the uh, you know the. Uh, the Fantastic Four and Captain America movies that were never released or whatever, like you right. know, they had to, they had to like make a movie for 50, 52 bucks because they had to keep the rights to it somehow and like technically is, make a movie, but they never released it. Is that like it's like a Roger? Is it a Roger Corman movie or something? That's like exactly that? what it is. Roger Corman made a uh, Fantastic Four movie that like never was released. But you can like find it on fucking YouTube anymore. Like, they don't give a shit. But like, because uh, those all the other Fantastic Four movies, and I know you're a fan, Jake, are shit. But uh, I I like Jessica Alba, Chris Evans. I'm not a fan of uh, Teller and Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Yeah, that one's. Have you seen that one? The the latest one. I literally have never seen it. Like I, I just I'm just I don't like. I mean, contra- I, I'm I'm not. I can't say I'm. You know what? I can't say that because I, I I I have liked this and stuff. But I just I I don't think Teller is like a convincing Reed Richards. Uh, well, he's her boy from Whiplash. He's a good actor and all that. Yeah, he, I mean, he's good. That's what I was going to say. I can't say I don't like him because I loved him in Whiplash. I didn't mind the casting per se, but like, I'm like, wow, he's really young, but okay. Um, like, yeah, he, like he's, he doesn't have the trademark, you know, white in his hair. Um, and like, the, those, who did the uh, silly Fantastic Fours with Alba and Evans and all that? Who did those? But um, Even Spielberg. No, Jake, come on, take this seriously. I just I gathered like okay those are for kids fine, um, uh, I love uh, the commish, as the thing. I, uh, oh, Chickless, Chickless, Michael Chickless, yeah. That's that makes perfect sense for me as a Ben Grimm. Awesome, perfect. He's a great actor and he's he's got some pain behind the eyes. It's perfect, perfect. But like you know they don't give him anything. To, uh. The the guy from Nip Tuck as Doctor Doom was was pretty good dancing. Was it? All right. Well, um, my old roommate Becky was like way into that guy because she liked Nip Tuck. She's like, "Oh, he's so hot." I just go, 
I used to lean into her one day to go eyebrows. And she looked at him. She goes, oh, you ruined it. Because he has like overplucked eyebrows in a weird way. Oh, no. <laughs> so I ruined it. I'm like, and she's like, you ruined that guy for me. I'm like, good. <laughs> and um, then don't forget, I mean, Larry Fishburne as the Silver Surfer. That's killer casting. Well, the voice acting. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All of you, everything, you know, will soon be gone. <laughs> That's you, not right. <laughs> you take, you take the red pill. I mean, oh, I, I mean, what, what movie is this? Ooh, ooh, I saw Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh, what'd you think? Was it cool? I haven't seen it yet. It was, it's a feel-good movie, man. And I, I want to do, do the rewatch and then watch it. We talked about that rewatch, like, way back in the day. Yeah, we did, yeah, yeah. We're like, we'll uh, make a whole and- day of it. And then shit got complicated with our lives. So, I, uh, I think there's some, there's some things in there that I think you're really going to appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. What you, what you, what? Jake is giving me a knowing smile and nod right now. I don't know what that means, but oh, because daughters? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> the, I will say the, the, the actors that play, uh, I forget their names, but the Bill and Ted's daughters, they're just, mm-hmm. you know who it is? It's one of them is um, the, the badass from Hide and Seek. <gasps> oh, I love Hide and Seek, dude. Oh, wow. It was, I I'm uh, I I loved it. I think it's actually still streaming right now. I, I really want to go rewatch it. But oh, um, for sure, for the, sure, for sure. The relationships between like the daughters and like the dads, and I was watching it, and I was like, oh, Elliot needs to see this movie because he's gonna die, and it's, it's just because I'm gonna die. What the fuck? Of of, of sweetness overload. Oh, okay. Brought back to life by the sweetness. I mean, eventually, but okay. Um, oh, that's okay. Great. Cool. 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 Um, Total. Hundred yeah. percent recommend. Awesome. Um, and then I actually finally watched a movie you re- you've recommended to me several times over the last couple of months. <gasps> What'd you watch? Barb and Star. Yay! <laughs> Yay! What'd you think? Which I, which I withheld from texting you because I was saving it for this very moment. Oh, awesome. So, Jake, what'd you think of Barb and Star? Could have visited Omar. Oh, it was wonderful. It was just such a... <laughs> It was hilarious and just like so like bonkers <laughs> and not yeah completely like not what I was thinking it was gonna be uh-huh. um, like one hundred percent so like I was thinking it was gonna be like uh well because it's you know it's the Christian uh, uh, Wig and her co-writer from uh, Wedding Crowd uh, not Wedding uh, Bridesmaids who Bridesmaids yeah her name's just um uh, but. Uh, I look, thought it was going to be like an. Look up her name because huh? we need to say her name. Because look up her name because we need to say it because she's so good. Annie Annie Mumolo. Okay, she's so funny. Oh my god, she's killing. She, she I've seen her in a, in a ton of different things, and oh. she's just always just hilarious. Um, Tommy Bahama. Oh wait, I'm thinking. I'm, I, I I oh yeah yeah okay that's her. She plays Barb. Yeah. Um. But like five minutes in, I was just like, oh, this is not what I was thinking. Like, I know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we open on the, um, on the kid riding his bike, singing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, uh, it took me like, it took me like longer than it probably should have to see that one of the main characters was playing a, a, a dual role. Mm-hmm. I, 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 like I looked over at my fiance and I was like, is that? 
is that? And then she was, and she was like, I, I think. And I was like, ah, <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah, it is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, from uh, from Fifty Shades. I, I, I think I don't know. <laughs> uh, Seagulls in the sand. Can yeah. you hear my prayer? That's really him singing too. Yeah, is he, he's amazing. Really good voice. I know it, he's incredible. It was like a like a comedy musical, and I don't know. And then yeah. like uh, the crab. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he was. <laughs> there were so many. It was. It was truly bizarre. But yeah, it was bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah, best possible way, and it was great. I, like the killer mosquito angle. Like I. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. When um, I guess I, I guess it's Barb meets uh the guy in the woods, and he like heals her after she like one of her falls out. It's like, what's your name? He's like Tommy. Tommy Bahama. She's like, oh. <gasps> so fucking great oh my god he's like you're like a phoenix she's like oh, dumbledore's bird he says what dumbledore's bird <laughs> it's like who dumbledore <laughs> and, and then the oh god so the final cameo at the very end did not the person that comes out of the water to save them oh yes of course yeah yeah like if that was another one of those where we were just like looking at him and was like is that? And it's we, Trish. That that's crazy. It was just. Ah, uh, come on! It's so fun. It's so good. Nah, we, uh, we we loved it. It was just. It was, it was really. It, it was great to see like Damon Wayans Jr. pop up because we start actually started. Watching, yeah. Uh, New Girl again. Of course, you rewatched rewatched New Girl. You have to. Um. Yeah, he's really good in it. Oh my god. Uh, but. But no, like it was, uh, it was a total recommend. I know Mondo produced the soundtrack on vinyl, and I really want to get my. Ah, uh, I know the well, just for for the um um. I don't even know if it's on there, but the uh, uh um for the uh, Celine Dion remix. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like I, I, need- I like, how, like the the piano singer piano guy's name was Richard Cheese. Okay, that guy's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like boobies. I love boobies. Most of my friends from high school are dead. Yeah. That guy <laughs> oh man. It's a funny, weird, like kind of like dada, weird, you know. That's just why I said it was like bridesmaids meets uh, like Zoolander. Like where like the world it could do anything at any time. It's all weird. And people show up and all that. Um, I think it's so funny. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks for the recommend, man. It, it was a, yeah, it was a, very enjoyable. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I have seen something cool lately. I don't know. I, I don't know. Watched. Oh, I I, uh, uh, I re I rewatched Up. I rewatched Infinity War. I rewatched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, there's, there's a lot of uh, when you're taking care of a week old baby. There's a lot of like, and possibly a lot of like downtime when like you're just like looking at this thing like. Are you breathing? Are you breathing? Cool. Can I put a movie on? All right. Um, but I watched a lot of, uh, uh, ended up, uh, we ended up watching a lot of um, friends in the hospital when we were waiting for this thing to uh, join our um, realm of existence. And like a lot of all the friends and like all the, uh, you know, it took place a lot in the nineties and all that. And they're bringing, they're bringing a lot of like, you know, bizarre outfits, a lot of baggy clothes and stuff like that. A lot of like 
uh, baggy khakis with like tight tank tops and then like hoodies over them and then like really flipped out hair. And it kind of reminded me of a little music video I once saw by uh, Natalie Imbruglia called Torn. Are we getting into it? (laughs) Did I steal the... Did I steal the moment? <laughs> Let's do that one, and then l- let me let me try mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it, because <laughs> I finally I finally figured one out. No, did you really? Okay, okay. It's <laughs> when you were talking about we talk about movies with with, with legit. With- the the music video reminds me of a Friends episode. Anyways, go ahead. I'm reserving like a whole hour for the music video. <laughs> Werner Herzog over here is telling me like, no, take that again. Try it a different way. Our, our director. All right. Oh. Try it. <laughs> Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. But what about you, Jake? What's up? Uh, no. So I mean, that's so cool. Like watching, getting to watch like all those like Pixar movies with with the baby. That's so of exciting. Course. Yeah, yeah. One thing. <laughs> <laughs> Take two. Uh, you know, like, we're, ho- we're, uh, we're hoping to like watch. You know, like uh, we got a Disney Plus account. We're hoping to like show the kid. You know, Disney uh, and, and like and uh, yeah, I'm more excited for like Pixar stuff because the story and everything. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what's so cool is like being able to like introduce like like movies from the '80s. You know, uh-huh. and, uh, and like especially like one of I know it's one of like our shared favorites. Um, stars a little. Little known actor from uh, Canada uh, mm-hmm. goes by the name of Michael J. Fox. Uh, sure. And uh, I'm pretty oh. sure, you know, uh, when when put it, shit, <laughs> like, <laughs> keep going, keep going. We're still in the scene. Um, you know, I I can I can remember the first time seeing this one, um, and it was it just it still is one of my all time faves, but. When you when you put it on, um, when you put it on for 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 your babe, you can say, and here is Back to Future for you. <laughs> I mean, it's called Two Two Future for you. Two Future. Shit. <laughs> Fuck it. Here we go. Listen to yeah uh armand van helden's yep. 1998 album to future for you 
to Future For You. Um, this one's a fun one for me, and I, I've, I've been showing Jake my copy of it, and it's Beat to Living Hell. There's like mold on it. Um, I've got like a uh, four-piece vinyl, uh, you know, release of it. Uh, this one I bought by accident. I think I mentioned that in the last episode when I announced that I'm I was gonna make Jake listen to it. I just appeared in a record store one time and I was drawn to it. It's just, it's just, it doesn't look like this on Spotify or YouTube, but it's got this like red um, uh, album cover with a like weird shape on it. And there's like, there's katakana on it, which is like a, the Japanese um, lettering. And um, it's, I just bought it by accident on a whim. And I was like, I don't know, this is calling to me. And, it, and it's ended up never leaving my record crate in 20 years. Because it's like, when you're playing shows, this one's like one of your go-tos? Absolutely. Never leaves my crate when I'm like playing a party show ever. Because um, these, this is a, a house music album by Armand Van Helden, who is kind of, at least when this album came out, what is like just the shit. And he's actually proven himself to be quite lasting in the house music, you know, just, just fucking no bullshit dance party scene. Um, there are like some of these are they can get a little DJ tooly, meaning like they're a little long. There's an intro and an outro, like you kind of have to wait for the beats to uh, go. So then then the the, 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 the kind of the tune and the groove kind of um, appear to you. Um, they kind of fade in and stuff like that, so that they, the DJs can mix them in and stuff like that. But these are house anthems. I said this you know last time. They're anthems. Like there's house classics. There's house jams there's house hits these are anthems um these all these songs kind of mean something like people remember where they heard them for the first time they, these are classics classics and then like they're um uh you know like played at uh raves there's 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 bangers on here that like, would rip your goddamn head off um so you can just bounce up and down to them. and then there's like chill jams like right? you're just like oh i, I like, i'm feeling like just love on the dance floor there's this like kind of you know house unity to everything on this album and it's i think it's awesome i think it's awesome i think it's awesome jake what'd you think see like so i'd like to get into this because listening to this one i felt like this one like the was this album made i mean would you say this album is made for the dance floor like this is this is one meant to be played at at house parties, at you know, raves, at shows, is this is this is this one made for that purpose? I mean, I guess I, that might be a silly question because like all music is is kind of made to be played live. But I certainly notice like a lot, like some I I, I noticed some differences about this one and, and the way you were describing it right now, especially how it's never left, it doesn't leave your your record crate. Like, is this one was this album like made? for the floor I would, I would i would compare it to daft punk's homework which mm -hmm. is like the first album uh i suggested for you it is absolutely made for the club and and the party um the, the songs are long and they're repetitive so that you can fade them in and out um at will like when you're overlapping things and stuff like that um uh, absolutely yeah these aren't you know these aren't pop singles they're just um, there's only there's only a few ideas going on in them. Like there's a certain like yeah. um, fade in and fade out within the tracks. He's using this like um, idea where like it's a loop. I've got a loop. I've got the beat, and I'm I'm playing the 
beat, I'm cutting the beat out every once in a while and then um, bringing it back in. But uh, at all times I've got this like, kind of like disco loop going on and I'll, like, I'll use cutoff resonance, like um, kind of moving them in and out. Uh, and then to create these crescendos uh, and like, and like, and you know, what we call now drops of uh, where the beat comes back in and like it all, everything comes back together. Um, and then over a few of them, a few of these tracks, like there's like these great vocals over them, yeah. which are, which are, have made, especially the vocal tracks, uh, anthems. What I could not, um, the, the, the vocalist, we talked about her. I think it was on our BT episode. I couldn't find my notes, but I, I but she's a she's a vocalist who is real very heavily associated with the electronic music world. It, is it Jan Johnston? I believe that's what it was. Let me see. Okay. I'm gonna go. Uh, I know we talked about her. Jan Johnston is not on this album. Okay. Has she Oh, let me see who she's been on. Paul Oakenfold, DJ Tiesto. Yep. yep. Yeah. So maybe, maybe it was right. I. But I'm, I. But I remember like hearing, especially um, the. Uh, so the opening track um, is Mother Mother Earth with yes. uh, Ethel Washington. Yes. Her vocals were nuts on that on on that track, and I. I looked and it looks like she's she collaborates with like the Wu Tang Clan. She's with the Wu Tang, yeah. yeah. Um, so <clears throat> Jane Johnson, Jane Johnston be- kind of became this like go-to vocalist for a lot of trance tunes, and um, there's actually a, kind of like a dig on trance music in this album, kind of like clip, like or, or is it psychic? I think it's psychic bounty killers. Opens with this like little bum 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 bum, and then you hear the record rip off, and these gangsters like start shooting, like fuck that, fuck that. And then like boosh, 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 boosh. we get into like this house um, r- rhythm, and uh, so then we'll have to touch on just called Speed Garage um, that that Armand uh, I apparently pushed, which is another it's another uh, weird nebulous kind of uh, genre subgenre of like dance music where it's just like he's he's got this house music you know beat going this four four boom 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 but it'll change up every once in a while. And there's like a beat over top of that, which is borderline big beat. Like you know, beats upon beats, rhythms upon rhythms. When trance is just the kick, boom, 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 one, uh, the four, four, four. Um, and so, but and this one he's using a lot of you know, it's a lot of uh, people of color. It's a lot of uh, you know, uh, um, you know, different. Um, yeah, men and women, you know, featured a lot of weird, like it's using a lot of like disco samples, which isn't really done in trance. And I don't, I don't, I, I kind of gather, especially from this album and his future work, Armand Van Helden's future work. He doesn't. I don't think he thinks much of trance music. I think he, he, he finds that a bit formulaic and stupid. You know, I, I didn't pick up on the like the message in Psychic Dino Killers. Yeah. Uh, but that totally makes sense because that one, which feature, well, features, oh my gosh, sipping memos. I finished my drink already, and here <laughs> we are. Um, features Chicago DJ DJ Sneak. DJ Sneak, uh, yeah. It opens with that. Ri- See, like, and I like the trance stuff. So yeah, yeah, me too. I, I, you know, like I, I, I've always like leaned towards that, like the, and so, 
It, uh, my notes are opens with a really cool synth riff. Oh no! Turns <laughs> into a drum-heavy song. You did not see that one coming. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's like, no, fuck you. If you like this, yeah. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. That's crazy. Yeah, he's he's he's, 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 he's ripping he's ripping the record off of a trance record and putting house on. Oh, okay. I see, Armand. He's a, he's oh. like a rare, like a aggressive house DJ. Uh, like um, uh. Yeah, so he he's American. You know, he's a uh, you know of 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 interesting descent. You know, his mother and father and all this. But he's he grew up in Boston, spent a lot of time in New York and all this. Um, Armand Van Helden, uh, interesting, like, interesting like, dude. Uh, parents or one of his parents was Indonesian or yeah, yeah, I believe so. I know, yeah, because you said Van Helden, you know, growing up a rock and roller, I was thinking Van Halen, and I was like, okay. And then I actually learned recently when Eddie Van Halen passed away, RIP, his mother was Indonesian. And so, oh, no shit. Interesting. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder if that's, I think I want, let me see. I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to, I want to make sure I get this correct because I want to make sure to honor everyone. Uh, so from the, from uh, born in Amsterdam, Dutch, uh, Dutch musician. Dutch father, Indonesian mother. This is uh, this is Eddie Van Helden. Yes, and then Van Helden. I wonder if it's the because I remember reading there was he was born to an Indonesian mother. See, mm-hmm. uh, born into an Indo Dutch Indonesian father and French Lebanese mother. Okay, so his father was Dutch Indonesian. The van is Dutch. It's a yeah. it's a very Dutch thing. Like I, you know, grew, growing up in Michigan for a time, like there's a lot of, there's a big Dutch community there and like everyone's oh. called van van something that I saw corn at the van Elden arena and all that. Oh, like, cool. um, I guess <laughs> they're all white and tall and like, you know, they're, you know, they're all, they all look like a Hemsworth. Um, but, uh, but I, no, I thought that was really cool. Like, cause you know, comparison, cause you know, um, at the time of recording it, Van Halen passed away, like not even a year ago, I don't think. And so, I remember reading that and I noticed that there were similarities into, into their, um, into their family. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So another, another house album we did recently was remedy by basement jacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one obviously came out before basement jacks uh, before remedy. Um, mm-hmm. Where would you put to future for you and remedy? Like would you say it was an influence Oh wow! I would yeah, they're uh, I'd say they're eerily, eerily similar in influence because like they're both like a, have like a, just a bunch of hits on them and like they're both they're both aiming for the kind of the same thing that like kind of like unity vibe and like um, uh, that kind of joy but like party and 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 at times aggression. I think Armand is a bit more a little more on the techno side and like a little more techno influence. He's worked with Bengalter, like uh, uh, Thomas Bengalter of, or Tomas Bengalter of, of Jazz Punk. Um, and, and like, so he's got a little more of the, um, like the bangers on here. This is like, um, there's a track on here called um, Necessary Evil. It's the one with the uh, saw, the, like the I thought the the scratching on that one was really impressive, but the saw tone was like, it, it was like almost too much for me to handle. Like I was like, oh, what is happening? It was making my blood yeah. rise. Uh, 
it's I think you're meant to feel a little uncomfortable. That's why it's called necessary evil. Like uh, in, as in, so we open with Mother Earth, and then later on there's necessary evil, which is a song about chopping trees down essentially with a saw. Like, uh, but it, well, it's like yes, Mother Earth, of course, it's about praising Mother Earth, and like we're doing this all wrong and all that. And then we have necessary evil, which is like a, just a techno banger, like boncha, 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 which like uh, you know uh, samples just like a saw cutting through trees. Um, like, well, we need to cut down trees for X, Y, and Z and building houses and stuff like that. Um, and it, like the, the, but like the, you know, the, the eerie tone of Mother Earth, like it's like a warning, you know? And then necessarily it was just like dark, like, like this, this is the world we live in. And, you know, um, but, <laughs> but beyond that, it's just, it's just essentially, you know, four noises looped around each other. And like, um, a bit like there's, it's, I can't, I can imagine it'd be a rough, like, uh, home listen, but if you drop that record <laughs> at a rave, people go absolutely ape ball shit. Um, it's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things I really liked about this one was the, like the different clips he, he used from different movies. Did you catch, did you catch Tim Curry on the boogie monster? We are watching you. Okay. Sip and Mimo's trivia question. What 90s Congo. movie? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Did I get it? Um, well, shout out Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Um, uh, can I ask you one? Hit me. There, there's a sample right before, which is the big single off this uh, album, the big hit that became a true anthem as the word it keeps saying you don't know me there's a little sample um and it's a, a person saying uh, <laughs> no i ask you what does man's problem with me well okay so first time i heard it i had to i thought it was alan rickman uh did you uh, look it up I, thought look it was it Ricks. I had to cheat. I had to cheat. So I looked it All up. Right, okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's. You uh, ask me what my, what my problem with man is. No. I ask you what was man's problem with me. It's a Simeon from Dexter's Laboratory, right? Or am I totally wrong? I thought you looked it up. Isn't it Simeon from Dexter's Lab? I think it is. I always thought it. I think it is. I think you're right. You're making. <laughs> I always thought it was um, Pinky in the Brain. It's um, this the guy. I think same same voice actor. The, the voice actor is Maurice Lamarche. I think he's a Canadian gentleman. I um, think this is. I feel like this has happened to me before. This is all staying in because I'm embarrassed now. This is my album. This has happened to me before. I'm like, I have, do you recognize that sample? I always thought it was uh, the Brain for Pinky in the Brain because he's doing a. Uh, he's really doing a. Um, What's his face impression? Uh, Orson. Orson Welles or whatever. But right? dude, it's it's so crazy. You it's say from, that. It's from Dexter's lab. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a simian who's a he's a looks like he's a a primate uh, villain. I, I I like right when like the Cartoon Network, um, Dexter's Laboratory, Powder of Girls, Johnny Bravo. Right when that was getting popular was like right when yeah. I was kind of aging out of. Like watching a ton of cartoons, unfortunately. Yeah. Sure. Those are great oh. stuff, though. It's great oh, stuff. Oh, killer, man. Um, Samurai Jack, dude. Woo. 
see, I, ne- I've ne- I never watched Samurai Jack. Um, but I, kn- I know it's, ki- I mean, I know it's killer stuff, but yeah. So the, the voice actor's name is Maurice LaMarche and he was the voice of the brain. Um, well, there, well then you'll, you'll forget. Uh, of course. I'll, and then I'll, it's so funny you say Orson Welles because on his IMDb, I saw he voiced, well, he, he played Orson Welles on an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> You're good, that's my like, friend. You are. That's like it. What? No, I got it wrong, but somehow kind of right. All right. Yeah. Um, um, so that, that uh, but You Don't Know Me became this big anthem. And um, uh, by all accounts, Dwayne Harden, the, the guy that um, does the uh, vocals behind it, wrote it in 15 minutes while Armand Van Helden was banging his girlfriend in the room next door. Right and on. Like, and like, hat, it's already, <laughs> I know. Like, I, but like he already had this like loop, you know, the, that, that disco loop. He's like, I don't know, do something with this. And the guy just like belted out something and it became this like huge anthem for house music. And it just became this like kind of gay anthem. Like, uh, oh, wow. like you don't know me, um, you know, how dare you try to control my life? Like you don't even, uh, you don't understand me. So why do you judge my life? Like, um, like, like oh, these, wow. it's becomes this whole, you know, thing. And, and that's when Armand Van Helden like kind of became an X-Man and shit. It's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting story behind that tune that it took so little, uh, you know, little to, to put it together and it just became this huge, huge anthem. That's so cool. Um, you, that's something I didn't realize it was written in that short amount of time. Like one of my, favorite podcast right now um as a as a floor as a, a, a florida guy are you familiar with that less than jake i winced at florida guy Ugh. um i know it's on me though that's my cross to bear okay uh, it's all good man it's I, all good. I, spe- I spent a lot of my life in florida oh i know who less than jake is it's like a kind of a ska punk thing yeah man uh right. so their singer krista makes has a podcast where he interviews um songwriters of like different like pop punk and emo and ska uh, uh okay. from like the past like 20 years and one of the things and they, and they, they talk they usually talk about their biggest hits and one of the things that's kind of like the uh common factor of all these huge pop songs usually pop rock songs is yeah you know i wrote it you know, we the deadline was Sunday, and I wrote it Saturday night, and we recorded it on Sunday. You wow. know, it, it's it's always something where the album was finished, and we needed one more song, so we wrote. You know, we wrote this thing that turned out to be a gold record. You know, it's crazy that. how it works out. I like love that. that. Love that. Um, but no, I uh, not uh, Krista makes a podcast. So if you're looking for a, a, a great music podcast, I couldn't recommend that one more. Um, cool. I like Rock the Spot. Um, I love the drums on this one. Uh, the scratching is some of my favorite since we listened to Low Fidelity All Stars. Aliens uh-huh. uh, had that sample beat while I'm, he's, it sounds like he's playing just like a bunch of different like synth synth sounds over this beat. Um, uh, it's like it's almost like abstract in a way. Uh, which is how I would actually describe the majority of this album. Just abstracts. Yeah, 
you know but he's just like he's throwing he's got like that the drum loop and he's like just adding stuff on top of it kind of like the way you say like it's kind of like how you would fade out you know using it live yeah Um, the the beat is his canvas and then the 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 melodies and samples are his paint on top of it perfectly worded that's exactly how i word this one awesome Uh, summertime that one came out that one come kind of came out of nowhere uh as if you don't if you don't like summertime oh i loved it no i just you loved it okay was that him is that him playing guitar on it do you know Uh, it's got to be a sample i think i don't know Uh, it's it's like a it's like a sleeper hit on this one because it's it's like the one that's not uh like just like the others it's like lower tempo and all that and it's like um you know it's got that it's like slow and like, but like, it's like, it's just all it is is like that little sample. It's like loop and this comes in and out and in and out. And, and then like, like comes in summertime. Summertime. Um, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love all the interludes on this album and it makes me miss like those like mid to late 90s albums like um, Eminem's like Slim, Sh- Slim Shady LP, Marshmallow's LP, where it was just like these like really funny interludes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the drums on Entra Mi Casa um, reminded <laughs> me of, <laughs> you know which one I'm ta- you know what I'm going to talk about oh, go, I don't know which I'm going to go ahead uh, I know the track but go ahead the drums on this song remind uh-huh. me of the drums from the band Everything But The Girls 1994 song Missing Oh, uh, which I also refer to as Mango's song from SNL. <laughs> that's a that's an electronic music reference. Uh, okay. And I miss you like the deserts miss the rain. And oh, I yeah, miss yeah. you. Check out, go revisit that song and then listen to Entra Mi Casa because it it sounds like the the drums sound very similar. Which I'm not gonna lie, I love that song missing oh it's just i i uh-huh. i texted you i texted elliot before before going to but like there's a lot on this album that like i because I, I grew up like listening to of course like metal and rock and roll but like mm-hmm. i always had like a really like you know saccharine soft spot for like electronic pop music that as i've come to learn in this project sip and mimos stemmed from a lot of European electronic artists um, mm-hmm. that would, you know, they would drop like the single cuts, you know, so the songs that came out on the radio that were three minutes, four minutes actually were part of a larger song that was actually eight, nine minutes, you know, um, mm-hmm. but I always loved those songs and that that's one of them. So hearing, hearing the drums on that song and made me think about Mango's song, uh, which... <laughs> If you haven't seen Mango, Chris, Chris Kattan character yeah. from like the 90s, yeah. he's just it's, perfect. It's, it's very funny. I, I only giggle because um, the, the track Entra Mikasa on, on this album is uh, fucking scandalous. And uh, like it's um, it's it's uh, mostly in Spanish, then that jumps to English for a bit. And it's just some <clears throat> raunchy material. Uh, <laughs> Armand Benal only took that to a higher place in his later albums. And maybe we'll talk about that someday. But like, it gets crazier and crazier. Like, the more like uh, uh, sexually explicit he gets with um, like his samples and like and stuff like that. <laughs> so that's so that's like one of the 
records in this album or one of the tracks in this album I, I tried to, I kind of stayed away from and didn't, didn't, meaning, meaning I didn't play out a lot. But sure enough, I was hired, I was booked to hired books to play uh, like a fetish show here in Austin. And, um, and like the, my friend, the booker. Elliot, was like, Elliot, I asked you not to talk about my 29th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I asked you not to talk about this on air, bro. Come on. So, so the, the booker, I'll call him, I'll just call him G for now. And I was like, isn't this going to be weird that I'm playing your fetish show? Because we host a podcast together. And then this, this anonymous person said, no, it's going to be fine. Right, so I was like, okay. It's going to be a great <laughs> <And> episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, so he's, like, he's like, here's the booth. So I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And like, like I'm going to be playing pornography behind you the entire time. And I'm like, okay. Like, there's been weirder things projected behind me. Which is a big... Uh, which, which might be like an allegory for my whole life. A lot of things, per- <laughs> a lot of weird, weird things projected behind me. Uh, I'll talk to my therapist about it next week. But um, uh, <laughs> so but I but I got. He's like, is that cool? I'm like, hell yeah! I've got the perfect opener. So I dropped Entra Mi Casa, which is just like, oh yeah, like you know, like <laughs> this like horrible, like I mean horrible. I mean stuff that you know one. Um, mommy and a daddy love each other very much. Do um, <laughs> up each other's nose and across each other's bellies and chests. Um, uh, <laughs> all, with, all with his great like samba, like like beautiful horn loop. Like it's it's, it's so much fun. And like somebody becomes kind of silly. He's like, because like, you know, like this guy has a sense of humor. He's like, isn't this hilarious? I'm making like the raunchiest tune on the album with like the most joyous like like these great like uh, you know like horns and all this. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I have, so I have le- less experience with that one. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Anyways, I love, I love almost every track on this album. I'm less familiar with the interludes because they're not in the vinyl release. And I'm so obsessed with the vinyl release and I'm so intimate with the vinyl release and it's just the tracks. Um, um, and I've played all these for years and years and years and they're always just fucking four floor fillers, I would call them. One of the things I was going to ask you before we before we start talking about our next artist, yes, please, is when when you play this one out, what is the go to track that you drop the needle on? Which one? Which one do you play the most? Honestly, it's Boogie Monster. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Boogie Monster is like um, you know, uh, it's got this great like, are you afraid of the Boogie Monster sample? It's like uh, loops and loops. It's a really easy record to play because it's like stomp, stomp, stomp. It just kind of stomps, and so it's easy to find that beat and then match it and fade in. And like, um, and it's got this, it just drops into this like great, like funky, like like it. So, the, 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 this is like, you know, what the house music is all about. It's, it's got that funk to it, something that trance never even approaches, something that techno, you know, uh, sneers at. It just, there's some joy here there's some funk there's some dance to it uh uh and um you know uh i i do play you don't know me all the time um and i think summertime has been on like countless like mixes of mine for sure uh i think this is a great album formative i'm so glad i stumbled upon it um armand van Houten went on later to uh form um 
uh, a group called Duck Sauce, where he put out a track called Barbara Streisand. And that, that's one of his latest, like, big hit. And I think we all know that one. And that's the guy. That's Armand. Yeah, yeah. I saw a man brought to life He was warm, he came around Like he was dignified He showed me what it was to cry Well, you couldn't be that man I adore You don't seem to know, seem to care What your heart is for Well, I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie has one drive That's what's going on Nothing's fine I'm torn I'm all out of faith This is how I feel I'm cold and I am shamed Lying naked on the floor Illusion never changed Into something real Our next artist, she uh, she's from she hails from uh, South Wales, Sydney. Um, let's welcome to the podcast an ar- someone that I've I've wanted to talk about probably probably from like the get go. She's been on my she's been on my radar. Have you been sitting in this one for the entire time? Yes, yes. Like, like me with Chris Okay. Yeah, uh, this one has been on my mind just because I have I'm which we're going to get into it in a second, but uh this single from this from this album i have been obsessed with for let's see i was 90 97 so i was nine when this one came out so the majority of my life at this point wow um so i'd like to formally welcome to the podcast yes. uh natalie imbrulia welcome natalie oh natalie how you doing wow Oh, I, th- um, I think her. Oh, sh- I think her. She's got a bad connection. We'll we'll get in. We'll we'll get you next time. Okay, it's okay. You can sign oh, off. Oh, Natalie's not. She's not here. Wait, Nat. Oh, oh no. Wait, she's texting me. <laughs> she says, "Oh, she's she uh, she liked all the different. She liked the harder stuff off of uh, Two Future for You, and she got oh. a little. She's a little bummed out that you didn't like uh, Necessary Evil as much." <laughs> So, so she's bailing. <laughs> Elliot, what yeah. were your thoughts of Natalie and Brulia's 1997 album, Left of the Middle? Well, I was excited to dive into it um, because I have a kind of something of a soft spot for our lovely Natalie. One, uh, I remember this video vividly because I think it's cute. That's a cool video. And, and like in the era of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I think I saw websites calling them sexed up virgins uh, in the end and versus the era of uh, like angry brunettes. She was just this little pixie cut, you know, uh, dream girl <laughs> with because uh, <laughs> we had to talk about her outfit in this video. Um, 
uh, and I was just like, like it came out, and I saw this video, and it's a, it's as if I looked into her eyes and these these beautiful eyes that she has, and I heard that that first strum. Oh, the beautiful. And I was like, okay, that's my type for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I'm, I think, I think I'm, 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 this is not prepared. I think I just figured this out. I think I'm in love with the Natalie Ambrulia type. Um, big-eyed brunettes with something to say. And uh, the, the song Torn has followed me around all my life. I think it's, well, one, it's just fucking perfect. It's a perfect fucking pop tune. It's great. I just found out last episode that she's from Australia. That makes me um, desire her more as a person. And uh, she will be mine. Oh, yes. She will be mine. <laughs> um, uh, I should have named my kid Natalie. Um, uh, <laughs> torn uh, as, as a meaning, that's a meaning for me. Like, um, it became kind of an anthem for me and my sister, like what, uh, my sister Lauren. Um, like, we, we've, you know, in rough, rough times or whatever, when we're, or like when we're just partying and drinking, like, like we're always like put on torn and like we'll just put on torn to like just to rage out to it because we think it's so fun and like and it's catchy as shit and it's fun to listen to and like uh like one time we were just like driving home i think we're both in rough times of our lives we're heading back i think because we're like both staying at our folks place for the time and like we got a little too close to home for the song to finish and so we just took a left instead of a right and kept going around the block until the song finished properly because that's kind of what it means uh because it's it's just it's it's a it become it has it has become a symbol of to me of friendship and brotherhood with my sister um beyond that it, like i've <laughs> i've used it as a party tool um there was one time when like uh i believe my sister was there um with some friends where we would just like we put torn on uh at a at a, like you know a um, you know backyard barbecue and like okay every time she says the word torn during torn we all have to take a shot and and <laughs> then I went to pick you up from the emergency room for alcohol puts <laughs> yeah and then Jake pumped my stomach in the backseat of his uh, his Geo Metro <laughs> the, the, this song was everywhere for a long time and. And even though it was everywhere in like a earworm, like I don't want to say one hit, you know, wonder kind of thing. Uh, even though it was so infectious and catchy and all that, uh, it was still just well done and, and like cool. And it, it was, it was just the right amount of like pop, but also the right amount of like angst and it had a little whip of, you know, uh, depth to it that made it like it was cool to be in a torn. It was cool to be in a Natalie Brulia. It wasn't like uh, she was far from any like dumb Britney Spears bullshit pop star. It was just like this kind of uh, you know weird um, kind of cool jam. Yeah, and I dug it the hell out of it. I I totally agree with you. I mean, um, I know we talked a couple, uh, we talked a couple episodes about uh, Ray of Light, and I talked about how Ray of Light popped up on. Uh, it was always on when I would go stay with my aunt. It was, 
And she wouldn't let us play MTV. She would only let us play. She would only let us play VH1. And it was always like the morning, the morning ten, or or something like that. And I grew up actually preferring VH1 because they would play the entire music video, as oh. opposed to like TRL, where they would play like. Question: They would be like, "That's Freak on a Leash" by Corn. Next up, we have you know Eminem, you know. But VH1 right. would always play the full video. They'd let it breathe. Yeah, exactly. And Corn yeah, yeah. was always on there with. Uh, Madonna's Ray of Light, you know, which, um, so I, I, I watched this music video and heard the song a lot growing up. Um, and it's just, it's, it's one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a perfect song, you know, yeah. uh, written. Uh, so uh, there was actually a couple different versions before Natalie got her hands on it. Wait, uh, and, what? And- yeah, and re, uh, recorded the most famous interpretation. Wait, um, I think I knew this. Oh my god, this is heartbreaking. I think I knew no. this. I think I think my my sister found this out, and we were both heartbroken. <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead, tell me again. Rip so the, the band back off. God damn it! The song was written by Scott Cutler, uh, and and Preben, uh and Philip Thornalley. Uh, and I the, think, the, huh? Who the fuck are those people? Uh, so those are actually i'll get into i'll get into them in, in a little bit i didn't hear a natalie in there once so she didn't she didn't write this one um oh my heart she just in, but her interpretation is arguably the most powerful you know like um so it was written i think it was recorded by three or four artists before uh wow really before uh left of left of middle and actually one of the songwriters philip thornally he actually played a lot he played the bass on a lot of this album he actually um recorded uh with the cure and played bass with the cure how about that Um, so if and if you ask me like my favorite part of torn i mean besides like the melody and can i guess hit me is it the guitar solo? Bow, wow, bow, bow. Is it not? Second. That's my second part. Oh, my favorite part is the bass in the bridge. So the part of the song where, where she goes, uh-huh. there's a bass uh-huh. line in the back and the bass goes. Uh-huh. I've been obsessed with it since I was like 11. And wow. I, I, that's Philip Thornalley playing, um, playing bass on that song. And what, what about uh, that is so uh, attractive to you? I think it, it just added so much texture um, to, 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 to the song. Um, mm-hmm. it, it took the song to like a, an almost like, like it, it was like, it, I wouldn't want to say like a pop song, but it, it kind of was like a, a radio rock song, but it took it to like, a more like complex area with that riff. Um, and I've just always just been like, wow, like that, that's insane. Like that's, I love that. And even now, like if I'm in the car, like I'll be like, shh, shh, check this out, check this out, check this out. And everyone's like, I can't, hear. I'm like, just listen, just listen, listen, you know? And it's like her, her vocals doing the, that, that <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, I just that and that's Philip Thornell. Conversation actually, has run dry. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he actually uh, produced the um, the Cure out al- the nineteen eighty two Cure album uh, Pornography. Uh, did, did you say? Did you say pornography? Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so uh, there, there's so much. So like going into this, I knew like I wanted to just talk about torn a whole bunch, sure. but actually listening to this one, like there's like some actually like really good songs on this record. Interesting enough. Yeah, there is actually. Um, okay. Like the, uh, they're all, you know, there's no, there's not a second torn on here, but I really liked um, leave me alone. Leave me alone. I got to pull up my, my, um, because like there, I thought there was some cool, there's a lot of angst on this one. And like, there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of emotions i was like oh i was as i was listening I was, oh like please don't all just be about breakups but you know sure enough here we go but uh um uh but yeah i i it reminded me I, rem- I was having flashbacks to our portishead dummy episode and uh, but but with yeah with the with beth, beth gibbonsy's stuff going on and a lot of but with some like ray of light production techniques with the, the guitars like you know kind of being like filtered out and stuff like that and like with the in like some piano riffs and stuff like that it, 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 and like it kind of sounded like like a proto garbage kind of thing going on um uh, you know it's, it's not quite garbage like metal garbage but like um they're they're she's using like these like like industrial and like dance production techniques to make this pop album it's not dance like Ray of Light is, but it's like pop. So I think kind of just kind of works all the way through. It's it's you know it's a little you know it's not uh, nothing's gonna beat Torn. Torn's like just gonna. I was surprised that Torn is track one on the album. Nothing beats it. So why would you put that at track one? I would put it at like track seven. Say it's a work for it. But like uh, just that's but I'm obsessed with like track order and stuff like that. But yeah. um, there's some jams on here, man, for sure. It's uh, dude, I'm so happy you brought up Portis Head. Um, yeah. So, on our part of it, we talked about trip hop a lot, and how yeah. I think I think we may mention Massive Attack as well. Did you see mm-hmm. who one of the producers on this album was? No, who? Boy. So one of the producers on this record was is associated with the band Massive Attack. Mm-hmm. Who is also from Bristol and is also known, just like Portishead, and also known for being very big into the uh, you know trip hop scene. Uh, yeah. And Wright was a producer on this record. Wow. Very cool. So that yeah. trip hop sound like that make that totally makes sense, you know. And it's, it totally shows, yeah. Like listening to it, I'm just like, I'm like, oh shoot, like that kind of reminds me of Portishead. It's, 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 yeah, it's almost it's almost has like a, uh, but I, I know Natalie's from Australia, but like it almost has like a um. If like mid aughts Cheryl Crow was produced by electronic artists from the nineties, like that kind of, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Does that does that? I, I could see that. Like, I, I heard a lot of like PJ Harvey on this one. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. And and of course, like in, I know I, she'll probably make an appearance this year. Honestly, because. Um, we're getting ready to see her in a couple months. Um, but how influential was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill? Absolutely. Um, like, uh, so I, what, uh, while exploring this album and uh, enjoying it, truly, I wish you didn't open with Torn because 
uh, you keep listening to it and like all I want to do is like click back and listen to Torn again <laughs> as I'm listening to this whole album and all that. But um, I've got like uh, the channel playing or whatever on Spotify and YouTube and blah, blah, blah. And Alanis just pops up in like, in like that, that playlist, all those playlists and like, well, this is better. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but it's not quite, you know, it's not quite the, the uh, what, what clearly what Natalie was, or her team or whoever was going for and stuff. Um, but uh, definitely Doug and I, I and, um, I think we we, we, we want to get into like the video for Torn. Uh, I became like watching the video over and over again. I was like, oh, one, it looks like the set from Friends. There's a cool orange couch in the background. And then it becomes a set. I forgot that it became a set during the video. And I they start moving. That too. And they start moving the walls away and all this. And then I, then I was like, oh, it, it was a set. And it's all, it's all fake and all this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And then I was like, what is she wearing? Because she's so fucking cute. And I'm like, is she three foot two? Like, she, she looks very tiny. And then I, I think, became like, and then I was like, I obsessed think the guy with, might like, be like Chris Hemsworth's father in that video. Uh, He's uh, like, yeah. He's, so, what's um, Evan Hopkins' name in Thor? Oh. Uh, Odin. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Nat- in the- Natalie and Brilia co starring Odin. <laughs> So Natalie and Brilia in the video is dating Odin, the All Father, and uh, <laughs> oh, good pull, good pull, good pull. Oh, oh, of course, of course, she's Australian. He looks like a Hemsworth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes so much sense now. But she's so tiny. like tall, like beautiful. These two, this t- possibly yeah. tall, beautiful man, and like giant blonde Aryan dating a Natalie Portman type. Like, dude, uh, it's, it's, dude, it's, dude, uh, Torn should, Torn, Torn should have been in Thor, the first, first, first. Was, was Kenneth Branagh a Natalie and Brilia fan? Was he watching this music video in 97? Like, hey, Kenneth, like, as he's watching the Torn video over and over again, hey, Kenneth, he's like, what? I'm watching Torn by Natalie and Brilia. Like, do you have an idea about Thor, the movie? He's like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> and then, like, he looks down, at, he's looking down at casting cards, and he's got, like, my picture in his like left hand and like Chris Hemsworth in his right hand. Yeah. He's like, I know what we're gonna do. <laughs> I figured it out. Dude, we're both we're both closer to playing Natalie Portman than we are Hemsworth's role. This is this is true. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> oh, but but I mean I became obsessed with the the, uh, the dragon uh tank top that she's wearing. I'm like, oh, can I, I find that? So I Google it. I'm like, I just type in uh, Natalie Imbruglia torn dragon tank top and bah, 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 it's all over the internet. And people are like trying to find this thing or making their own. And all I have to ask you, Jake, is uh, what size are you? Because we're getting those shirts. <laughs> oh, I would so be down for a sip of Mimo's picture. Uh, large. <laughs> okay. I'm extra medium, but you know, by next week, I'll be extra large. <laughs> no, I uh, so, we should, so the music video um, yes. directed by directed by Allison McLean, uh, who she directed some short films and some regular uh, some some uh, full length films and television shows as well. Uh, Torn is actually her only music video credit, and wow. honestly, like once you've reached perfection like that music video, like what's I mean, 
what's the point you know like, you're, like mic drop and get out of there exactly you yeah. know I, wow I, I, I forgot how much i love that music video it's like because i forgot it was a whole movie set thing too because like she's going like the guy comes up the st- hemsworth comes up the stairs hemsworth <laughs> senior comes up the stairs he's just hemsworth now i love that that's great and she's going to kiss him and then like someone like a director yells cut and like they they come and do makeup and she like mm-hmm. she clearly looks like distraught like it's kind of like it's kind of like saying like our whole relationship was just like one big act kind of thing yeah you yeah. know I would, um but then at the end of it when she when the my second favorite part of the song the guitar uh-huh. slide solo yeah um like when that comes in she's like I was I tried to post it before our recording and I'll still I'll, I'll do it afterwards but she like she's dancing around the living room in a way yeah. that's and she's like smiling while like while dancing and it's like it's almost like she's like she's like she's happy that it happened and like at mm-hmm. the very end she like comes and stares at the camera which I think that music video may have in may have invented the selfie ring because she's like oh yeah the ring she's just like lit in just the most incredible way and and she just like steps off camera and like the when the wall falls in background like yeah it's one of my all-time i i I would honestly put it up there with thriller for greatest videos of all time like whoa that's that is bold but okay uh for for the jake for for the for the jake's uh top top 10 favorite music videos most impactful i would say impactful yeah um no this this one uh i i picked this album because i wanted to talk about torn um sure but, of course but listening to it i found a lot to really enjoy um mm-hmm. big mistake uh, we talked about uh, leave me alone yeah uh wishing i was there um smoke and pigeons and crumbs were some of my favorites mm-hmm. uh this is one like if they were to re-release this on on vinyl anytime soon like i would probably pick it up um because it's it's such a great piece of like genuinely good like nostalgia and you know it's it's torn sounds torn is timeless you know yeah true Um, but the album itself is actually really good and i i i really agree with you like starting off with a monster of a hit like that song i don't know if i would have done that because it's just because you're like okay because because the rest of the album almost doesn't sound the same as torn it's a little bit more like post-grunge trip-hop kind of atlanta's more set rock you know but torn is just like this like perfect pop song and like it's also like she's kind of broken and torn you know she's torn yeah <clears throat> and like the the rest of the album is kind of her fighting back and stuff. Yeah. Torn would be like a nice closer. Or be like, well, I've been all through. I've been through all this now, and now I am torn. Yeah. Like, uh, but you, but I don't know. I'm sure, you know, this is by committee that someone's like, no, we're putting this at, you know, track one. Which I, I always, uh, I think I always point this out when we talk about, especially your albums, like where, where like, because my albums don't have hit singles, <laughs> but like. The the later the album they appear is always interesting to me, like um, because uh, that this shows like confidence, like no, they'll they'll get there, they'll get to the hit that they bought the album for or whatever, you know, um, 
but I would if I was if I were to release this album, I would just like put Torn right at the end. Yeah, you know that's how it's I would like, do. It's a perfect outro song because you have that like exactly like, that guitar just like leading you out. You know, it's kind of. But does it, Jake? Does it fade out? It fades out. See that that that. that my only my only note put torn at the end and then just let the guitar just like Wah. you are so anti-fade out I, I hate I hate a fade out I hate a fade out it's, it's, it's not creative finish uh, your song <laughs> finish your song <laughs> like, so, and then we'll just keep going until someone tells us to turn it down and we'll go no finish your so, uh, final thoughts on Left of the Middle. Um, I dug it. Um, it, it's fifty minutes and some and some change, I think. Um, but like, uh, um, I, I've said my thoughts. I guess you put Torn at the end. Torn's great. Uh, I wouldn't mind like, uh, you know, I, I would be right behind you in line to get that deluxe edition with like a cool like you know the acoustic version and like you know whatever versions of Torn. Um. How about this? If you were to have any one of my guys that I've recommended to you remix Torn. Ooh, that's a good, that's a good question. See, I, I go like dark and weird with that, but like ask, like, I just, I just made this up. I, I didn't, I should have asked you. If, if this was a proper question, I would ask you. I think you cut maybe this out. B, but, uh, maybe BT? Like, I, maybe like do like some like, like a, tr like some trance in there? Like, I love that idea. I really do, actually. Um, or even not trying, just have them like produce the shit out of it, you know, like the yeah. reproduction and all that, and like it'll add some cool beats and stuff like that. I would be like, let let's see what DJ Shadow does to it and make it like real dark and weird and stuff yeah. like that with some weird like cool like samples and stuff. I love that. Yeah, awesome. Like make it um, not like subdued, but like I, I guess that would be the right word. Um, maybe cut out like. <sighs> Man, that's like really good. I would say I would stick with BT though. I think that'd I, be I like really, that idea. Yeah, that'd be really yeah. cool. Cause cause you want those guitars in there too, right? Like you don't want to lose the guitars. I don't even know what I'm asking. I, I oh you know what? I would, I would have William Orbit take a look at it. The guy that did Real Light. I, I would have him like do like a little airier, spacey version of it. Um, that'd be. Cool. I'm surprised there weren't. I mean, at least that, not that I that I found more like remixes of this one. Um, I, is, is there not that many? That's odd to me. I couldn't find it. I mean, like you would think like it was like '97, so there. I mean, you, you would think there'd be like a club mix or some something, but club yeah. mix, a club mix. Um, but no, this one was like a really like a delightful listen. I just, I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And um, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, torn. Just, I mean, come on, forget it. It's so much fun. I'm so sorry, Jake. Jake, next time, what what are you thinking for next time, man? Well, you know, I so we've we've been going a year now, um, longer than a year, right? We've over a been? year now. Ellie and I have been like we've been focusing primarily on like '90s rock and electronic music. You know, yeah, that's and that's that's the whole theme of the show. It's it has the, to the be whole, '90s music. But you know, so many. I feel like so many of our favorite albums kind of like inched in right at the end of the 90s and kind of spilt over to the year 2000. And so as a result of that, um, and primarily because my partner Elliot is wearing a t-shirt 
that has it says LA 1984 and we'll post a picture of the album uh, maybe we can get a selfie of Elliot's shirt too but that same shirt was worn by one of my all-time favorite artists uh, oh. on the cover of his final album um, and it's one of Dude. my favorite records and I'm Oh my so god! Absolutely excited to talk about it. Uh, so next time we're going to be discussing Elliot Smith's. Oh my figure god! Figure eight from April eighteenth, two thousand. Oh my god, Jake! You just made me so happy. Holy shit! Okay. Did you? Did you? Is there a story behind the shirt, or should we save it for next for next time? We'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite Elliot record. I'm so freaking pumped to talk about that one. I have so many stories about that one. I'm you so could excited. not have picked a better uh, 2000 record. All right. So, um, and, and it's a great follow-up to Natalie, honestly, in a weird way. And I'll tell you about it all. I'll tell you all about it next time we record. Um, um, okay. Wow. Okay. So if we're doing a special edition 2000s, in the year 2000. Oh, man. You know, on all of... So this this week, Conan O'Brien... So I think it was this week. Or maybe, maybe oh, wow. Well, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. This is so serendipitous. It's beautiful. Go ahead. He he celebrated his final episode of Late Night. And, like, I, that's one of my favorite Conan bits. The year Dude, 2000. Me too. me too, man. Me too. Me too. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, since we're going to uh, do a special 2000 episode, uh, I love that idea. I, I think it's great. And I would never argue with you about it. I, I would never <laughs> ask you to like prepare me for it or anything like that or anything like that. That's fine. <laughs> Jake and I just had a big fight off, off mic. Um, it, it got fucked uh, out, but it got heated. <laughs> I got it. I got it, though. Um, okay. Uh, oh, uh, I'm going to have you listen to... An, M- an album that was released in uh, November 27th, 2000, called Since I Left You. And it's by a, uh, let's call it a group called The Avalanches. The Avalanches. That's a name I've seen for a really long time. That I don't think I've ever listened to any of their music. It's the album I have Googled perhaps eight times in in the midst of this project to make sure just to double check it wasn't released in 99. <laughs> like it, like it would like change. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it was released in 99, we would have talked about it already. That's why. Like, oh, I, like I, would that. Have been, I like that. So that's like my big 2000, um, like holdout. So I could have, you know, yep. But, like, uh, but yes, the avalanches since I left you, Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, like that group is like one of those bands just like that I've seen forever, like on like the on like music lists and album yeah. lists. And so I'm excited to dive into that um, on figure eight. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the track list. I don't see a bad song on this record. <laughs> uh, it, it's my it was my it was my introduction to Elliot Smith. Um and I'm so unbelievably excited to get a chance to talk about it. I think 
you're really gonna love it. It's full band, so it's not it's not like all acoustic like he was like that he's primarily known for with his solo stuff, um, with like EXO and a self titled album. But it's it's honestly a perfect indie rock record, and I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, so. Thank you for listening to uh, to Natalie Imbruglia and Armand Van Helden. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed these records. And uh, coming up next time, don't forget we have The Avalanches, Since I Left You, and Elliot Smith's either uh, – I'm sorry, Figure 8. Um, just, like, <laughs> just, just like to send another, another congratulations to my partner Elliot for oh, his new baby girl. Cannot yeah. wait to meet her. Um, I know she's going to grow up to be – the absolutely coolest kid on the block. And I'm so excited and privileged to, to see that happen. Uh, so congratulations. Thanks man. Uh, and thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Stay sipping out there. Stay sipping folks. Mm-hmm.